Welcome to the Calyrex Game Corner's Pokemon D&D campaign, featuring Cindy, a young vagabond from the Hoenn region with pyromaniac tendencies, Gimli, a stocky, burly miner from Sinnoh looking for his lost son, Elodie, an enthusiastic foodie and baker from Kalos, and Schmidt, an enigmatic man from Johto with a duck. My name is Rich, and I'm the Game Master, and this is Dunsparce and Drampa. Last time, the Quackopaco was all together. They ended that part of their day in the Devon Corporation. Seems to be an institution of science, of education, and perhaps some other responsibilities that the Paco hadn't quite discovered because they did not have access to the top floor in the president's quarters. As they were leaving after experiencing some resurrection slash time travel mechanics, uh, they're on their way out and they encounter none other than who appears to be an incredibly powerful trainer who matches a description as described to Gimli from Watson a few days earlier. What does the Quacko Paco do? Uh, I'm going to make sure Gimli is aware and I'm like, hey, is that the guy? Is that the, is that the dude? You're... I think that's the guy that Watson was talking about. Maybe it is. I should ask him. I should ask him. I... <laughs> oh, you will? Uh, I mean, <laughs> by your all means. Son. What the fuck are you talking <laughs> You're welcome to initiate speech. You're welcome to make a check. Uh, checks could be helpful, depending. Can I check my fist against his face? Sure. <laughs> are you, do you want to, actually? Is that something you want no, to do? No, not okay. really. Not right now. Okay, okay, okay. Not yet. Okay. Just uh, know that I keep I'll... that thing on me. <laughs> I'll I'll call out to him, see if he pays attention to us. Okay. At the moment he's not. It seems like he is um how do I describe this? He's interfacing with the receptionist, with the secretary, but he is not speaking, but uh he is like looking at her and she is like on the phone and she's pressing buttons on the phone. That is the current situation. God damn yeah. <laughs> that is kind of a problem, Red doesn't talk. <laughs> I think I'll just approach him and like Tap him and greet him. <laughs> sure. Just like, yeah. What do you say? Um. Boy, do you happen to know my son Jim Lee? <laughs> you seem to be someone who was described to me that might know him. Uh, he turns his attention away from the receptionist, and he looks at you in the eyes. Uh, just make a make a make a wisdom check. Is this like some king's hockey right now? Ghibli about to pass out. <laughs> I think so. Ghibli just dies. <laughs> oh, 19. 19, yeah. This, so you make eye contact with this man for the first time, and his eyes are, like, so deep. Like, looking at his dark-colored eyes, like, he is not only incredibly expressive with just his eyeballs, but those eyeballs have seen some shit. Uh, he just, just from, you know, just from making eye contact with him, you understand that this person is incredibly powerful and capable and it's, it's humbling. Honestly, uh, he is a force of nature and you can just determine this immediately just by making eye contact with him. Uh, you give your greeting and his eyes go from that state of immense power and look at you and they, he tilts his head and he looks at you sort of quizzically and he folds his arms 
as if he is not convinced or needs more information. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so rude. I just you caught me off guard because you, you fit a description that was given to me by uh, Jim Leader Watson. I'm Gimli. I've been looking for my son since I got to this country, and I heard someone in your description was traveling with a, a younger <laughs> trainer, and uh, Watson pointed me in that direction. So I, I, if it's not you, that's okay. I just you fit a description, so I wanted to see. I apologize. This man uh, slowly looks you up and down. He is clearly gauging you, assessing you. He regains eye contact, and he his eyes show an, an emotion of understanding. And then he looks behind you to the three Quacko Paco members, uh, Elodie, Schmidt, and Cindy. And then he looks back at you as if asking a question. Oh, these are my travel companions. We've just been all stuck here together, so... Uh, we just, they've been traveling along with me and helping me find my boy and <laughs> we've been all sorts of shenanigans, but yeah, they're all good people. He looks at you and he looks to the stairs behind the Paco and then he raises his hand and lifts a finger as if to say he has something important to do, but he'll come back. Uh, do you, how do you respond to this? Oh, okay. I mean. We'll, we'll be around here, so, I mean, if you do have something important to do, I totally understand, but I would, I would love to chat more. He reaches for his belt, and he grabs a ordinary-looking, dusty Pokeball, and he opens it. After a brief flash of light before you, there is a cute, elegant, brilliantly purple-sheened cat fox Pokemon with two tails that split at the end and a gem on its forehead. He makes eye contact with it, and it nods, and it sits in front of the Paco. The receptionist at this point says, the president's ready for you, and he gives a little head tilt to Gimli, and he wanders up the stairs. Uh, Gimli and the rest of the Paco hear a voice inside their head. Miraculously, it says, he'll be back in just a minute. Uh, can I get a perception check from whoever is closest to the stairs? I'll say that's me. Yeah, I believe it. I'll say I was bringing up the rear on the way down. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a nat one. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. Uh, Schmidt is having um, PTSD <laughs> from Deoxys bullshit with someone talking <laughs> to him from inside his head. Yeah. So he's just like seriously eyeing down this cat and is like, what, what bullshit are you about to do? Yeah. Like he's got and on his belt he's like i got my saying, bro, there ain't even stairs right now. <laughs> that is uh absolutely legitimate i like that flavor a lot and that explains that dice roll very well that's good psychic types are something for sure and it's clear that this pokemon in front of you is a psychic type uh what pokemon are out out of curiosity i'm assuming littlefoot is out correct littlefoot is out littlefoot's walking at the moment so okay is robot curlia uh, yes, probably uh, key lime, cabbage, and aubergines in the basket. Um, we did get a species name for uh, this new form of curlia. What was it? Iron Grace. Very cool. Very hype. Oh, I love it. <laughs> love That's that. That's awesome. Um, I love it. It's great. Uh, Cindy, I think, do you have anyone with you? Maybe? I don't think anybody's out. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think any is. We're just vibing. Okay, just getting kind of a lay of the land. Yeah, the lobby that you're in, once again, it's very regal. There's oil paintings on the walls, and there's a big circular kind of foyer uh, that is made of glass. And below it, there is, it looks like a dig site for an archaeological dig. 
and the center of this glass and that is right by this the big automatic glass doors that lead to the inside of the building is where this little fox is sitting and they are just looking at you all they're just looking and they have like this cute little smile but uh they aren't saying anything i say saying in quotes there's no audio coming from their mouth and there's no thoughts being projected into your head the mysterious trainer did not specify how much time he needed out of curiosity is the party like thinking about anything doing anything at the moment or are they just down to wait i'm down to wait but i'd love to try to conversate with this little fox sure <laughs> see um, how much this thing has i i have a dead body on me yeah uh sure. maybe we should get that out of the building public eye yeah I mean, nobody knows we have a dead body in a bag. I feel like they could... I feel like over time, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will the... Is it an espion? Will it follow us out? Like, as long as we stay relatively local, will it be like... I have an idea. Able to tell Red where we where we do be? Maybe. It's the famous thing that always goes well. Mm-hmm. Yes. What if we split the party I, for a minute? I agree. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was like, that's that's like... That's the obvious. I, it, we're waiting for information from me. Bye, Gimli. Have fun. <laughs> I was like, I'll hang out with the little fox. I, 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 I mean, I can wait with Gimli. Uh, I, I have an idea, and I would uh, require Elodie's assistance with the idea. Oh, yeah. I'll wait with and Gimli. maybe Cindy stay with Gimli. Yeah, just in case some BS happens. Right, right, right. Because I need to... Oh, yeah. Kiss Cindy needs to scrap with Red for Gimli. Right, right, right. I will punch him in the face. I don't. case something needs to get set on fire, you know. Right, right, right. You never know. You never know. We can steal the building, not the building. The uh, the machine. The building. The whole building. Steal the whole building. Stole Devin. I feel like I'm making a good decision. Let's go. Um. Sure. You can do whatever you want. We are in fact playing a tabletop RPG. Uh, what? So we're we are taking Elodie and Schmidt on a little journey, and Cindy and Gimli are staying behind waiting for Red. Correct. Correct. Yes. Correct. That is correct. Yes. Correct. Cool. Um, do you two make your way out? Do you begin to exit? Yep. Okay. Uh, you do so totally fine. The secretary receptionist kind of waves at you. Um, and the little cat Pokemon that's sitting in the middle of the floorway kind of just follows you out with their eyes. And they wait until the automatic door closes behind you. And then they turn their attention back to um, Gimli and Cindy. Let's get a thing. Well, okay. First off, as a fun team building exercise, let's think of... You guys ever played Mario Party 8? Yes. Okay. Yes. You know I what think the, that was my favorite one. It's a good one. You, you know how when you play like doubles, like 2v2, the game will like assign a team name to your pair, right? Um, True. so just for ease of like initiative order, so to speak, can we get pair names for, for these pairs? Pair names. The, um, the punch red in the face pair. <laughs> and we're like the pretty crew. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's gotta have alliteration though, right? Like they, it they, does. They it did. Does they all, they always did alliteration. They or always or had rhyming. Alliteration. Like, like if you did dry bones and boo, I think it was scary pair or something. That rhymes. Yeah. So that works. Get your thinking caps on. This is the most important thing we've done in this game. Yeah, there's nothing else more important than right now. Forget <laughs> right. my son. I have to name this duo. Yep. Punching pals. 
I actually kind of like Punchy Pals. Punchy Pals? Punchy Pals is really That's good. Funny. I agree. Okay, Punchy Pals. Uh, what's the other uh, pair? Uh, 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 I don't know. I'm tapped out, yeah. Charismatic um, Crew. Charismatic or Crew? Or Pretty Posse. Pretty Posse? The Pretty Posse. Yeah. The Posse. <laughs> no, it's got to have alliteration or rhyme. Them's the rules. I'm waiting for the confidence, like, that's it, like you do with Punchy Pals. I'm waiting for, like, a... Right? Hmm. Yeah, I can't. The pop star Posse? True! Because you're yeah. a pop yeah, yeah, yeah. star, and I have a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes it, we can just be the band. <laughs> the band? True! Yeah. I'm with the band. Okay. I'm with the band. Yep, the band. so, Punchy Pals and the band. Great. <laughs> Perfect. That's abandoned of itself. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's punchy pals in the band. You know, we're dropping I'm tonight's Paco musical Paco. guest. <laughs> Great. Okay, let's start with the band. In that case, uh, you exit the Devon Corporation and you are greeted by Rustboro City. I mean, that's not a surprise. You've been here for a little bit. Oh, oh, um, again, this is probably the second largest city you've been in in Hoenn. It's very reminiscent to Goldenrod. It's a little bit smaller, but what's really unique and charming about it is the masonry and the architecture. It seems very almost like they carved this out of like a mine of like um, just not necessarily rare minerals, but just really beautiful rocks. Um, and the streets are kind of paved in with this marble walkway everywhere you see there's really elegant lamp posts all over the place and also this seems to be a family city there are lots and lots of children around and there are lots of lots of apartment buildings with people living very like domestic urban and suburban lifestyles that is the general vibe of Rustboro city and there's a nice ocean breeze because you are on the west coast of the hoenn region that being said you two are on burial duty what are your thoughts um, so Schmidt immediately grabs Elodie and then heads for like the the closest like back alley that he can find. Sure. Yeah, there's plenty of those. Her there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets real close to Elodie and he's like, Hey, you know that um that magic ring that you have around your wrist that can teleport us? Yeah, I'm I'm aware of it, yes. Could could, could you teleport us to the, the berry farm? I could try. Okay. Um, and I will. So I'll take it off and toss it like a disc and imagine in my mind that we are going to the berry farm. What is the order of operations for that? I guess I guess thinking about going to the berry ar- farm comes first. Okay. And you uh, can do that with the hoopa ring in your hand? Right. Yes. Great. Yeah. As, I, as you're holding it and you picture the berry farm, um, it starts to have a resonant purple void forming inside of it. What is your next step? Uh, then I toss it. Roll an unmodified d20. Fun stuff. Six. Okay. Um, it is successful. After thinking for a moment, Elodie more confidently this time opens up the Hoopa portal in a back alley. All things considered, the scene of a man in a cloak with a strange bag pushing a cutely dressed young woman into an alley and then the humming of some sort of mystic device happening is potential to draw attention so please give me a stealth check from both of you oh do i get do i get do i get um what's my cloak yeah your your cloak gives you plus one to stealth or plus two what did did we say i got a five by the way oh great okay I feel like a plus one item isn't that exciting unless it's a bonus to hit. So let's make it plus two. Plus two? Okay. Then that gives me a dirty 21. Okay. 
great. Schmidt is kind of naturally like when he has a plan in mind, he's able to kind of slink through shadows, even when the sun is high in the sky. But Elodie at times can be a little uh, not clumsy, but just like flippant, I think is the right word. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, as the two of you are preparing to enter this portal, there is a gentleman in a business suit who peeks his head in the alley because he saw something that he thought was a little suspicious and he heard weird words. Elodie does notice this, uh, but it is up to the two of them if they want to really do anything about it or if they just want to go to the berry farm. I I think we should just go. Uh, yeah. Um, Bye. (laughs) Mind your business. Bye. (laughs) <laughs> my, my business. great the band does that they jump into the portal and the man cannot believe his eyes as he saw someone dressed akin to a superhero and then like a cute baker lady uh walk into a portal that led to seemingly a different place and then a gold ring closed and popped out of existence and he is standing by the devon corporation staring down an alley wondering what the hell he just saw we will rejoin the band at the berry farm but first punchy pals face to face with a pokemon that i will reveal as espion um what are they doing i definitely want to attempt to commiserate with espion because i think espion's gonna have more words for me than red did mm-hmm. so they're like a seating area in the the lobby yeah there's benches all over the place yeah absolutely great i kind of try to corral us towards a, a seat as that would be more comfortable for waiting Sure. On the floor in front of Espeon. <laughs> which is which? Gimli sits on the floor in front of Espeon and then Sydney finds a seat. Yeah, Sydney's going to be like, I'm going to go to a bench. And I'm like, no. And then I just plop on the floor in front of Espeon and be like, so. <laughs> okay. You can Have talk. You huh? my boy. <laughs> yeah. So is the statement. Is there anything else for this Espeon? It, for clarity, it is sitting there. It has such a cute face. It kind of looks like it's smiling. You know, it's got like cat cheeks, right? And how right. they kind of make the, the emoji that's a colon and a three, right? It looks like that. So you can't really tell if it's actually smiling or not, but it looks very cute. And its two tails are kind of flicking, um, kind of like um, like if someone was like bouncing their leg while they were like sitting. It's the same, like not nervous habit, but they're, they're just kind of chilling, you know? So little guy, you speak, huh? Telepathically, anyway. The two of you hear a voice in your head that says, Hello. Hi. (laughs) Aren't you lovely? (laughs) More words than your trainer already. Espeon is staring just at Gimli. Gimli's been making a lot of eye contact lately. Uh, Yeah. Not not as much pressing, like, overwhelming, like, this thing is, like, insanely powerful, like you did with the man. But um, this seems like a very capable psychic-type Pokemon, for sure. So can can I ask you a question, if that's all right? In almost kind of like a robotic or like Siri voice, uh, the Espeon speaks into your brain and says, yes. So, do do you know of my boy, Jim Lee? Has he been around your trainer? In an excited voice in your head, you hear, Jim Lee. But the expression, the expression on Espeon does not change. Yes, Jim Lee. Are you familiar with that name? Uh, Espeon says, Jim Lee, we are familiar. Great. Did, have you seen my boy lately? That's my son. Espeon says, your son. Yes, he's around. Is he around here, like in this city? Uh, Espeon's voice says, Rusporo City? No, not here. Do do you happen to know where he is? Espeon says, he's around. (laughs) I don't quite understand. What do you you mean around? Espeon says, around. Close, but not too close. Far, but not too far. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Is he alive? Uh, Espeon t- 
turns to look at Cindy and says, Jim Lee? Probably alive. <laughs> Owen is dangerous. That's a fair Owen fair is point. dangerous. That, that's startling to hear, though. <laughs> oh, okay. Um... <laughs> Sorry. Well, how, how long was he with you guys before he was far away? Do you happen to know? Uh, for the first time, Espeon's face kind of changes, and it kind of like looks up into the side as if it's reminiscing. And Espeon says, mm, not sure, years. Years. <laughs> oh, boy, all right. <laughs> how, how long has Jim Lee been missing? Uh, Espeon turns to look at Cindy and says, Jim Lee shouldn't be missing. How long has Jim Lee been missing? I mean, since we've been here, I... I guess it, it's only been probably since you stopped answering us. Probably like a oh, oh, like two months now, I guess. Do you know how long you've been separated from him? Espeon thinks for a bit and says, week? Okay. Considering we spent quite a few hectic days in that cave, I guess that makes sense. The information has gone a little older. Do you know where you guys got separated? Espeon looks to their right, which faces out of the doors from the building and southwards. And Espeon says, across the ocean. Oh, interesting. It is at this moment that it sounds like something, uh, a floor or two above you, crashing or falling or like furniture is being moved or something. Oh. A few moments later, the mysterious trainer dressed in red descends down the stairs without issue. And he is holding something in his jacket pocket. He sees the two trainers sitting on the floor with his Espeon. And uh, Espeon communicates again. However, it is like different. There is a different kind of tone to it, a different type of intention. And this mysterious trainer looks at Gimli. And here's a voice in his head that is still Espeon's, but just sounds different. And it says... Gimli, it's good to meet you. I'm Champion Red. Oh, it's a pleasure to meet you, Champion. Oh my, <laughs> I didn't realize we were in the presence of someone. I knew, I felt your power, but I didn't realize you were Champion. That's incredible. It's a pleasure to meet you. And you know my boy? That's even better news. He says, I'm honored, but you can excuse the formalities. I do know your boy. Your boy is Gimli. I can see the family resemblance. Uh, he has become a very powerful trainer while we have spent time together. What causes you to look for him? Well, he would always write back or have some sort of communication with us, and at a point it just went dark, and my wife grew concerned, so I went to travel to look for him, and here we are. <laughs> now we're trapped in this country due to other circumstances, but I figured, you know, while I'm here, I might as well look for my boy. <laughs> in your head you hear Red slash Espeon's voice, and he says, hmm, that must be unfortunate timing. He was with me privately, training on a mountain between the Johto and the Kanto region. And once we were done, once we realized we had to come over this way, he tried to contact home many times uh, for over the past couple weeks, and he never got a response. So he has been worried as well. Yeah, that is unfortunate timing then. Yeah, I tried to call home to my wife. We've been, <laughs> we've been kind of parted ways from any sort of communication to the outside region for a while. So it's been hard to even try to contact home as well. I'm sure she was worried sick, but if he tried to contact home, that has me even more concerned. Red says, 
it has been difficult and there's been a lot of tragedies happening all over the world and that is in fact what what brings us to this region today i will have you know that the last time i spoke to your son jimley he is safe and he's also a very capable trainer and i'm sure he's taking care of himself but he is concerned about you and who i'm assuming is your wife well at least i could be less worried about him if he's more than capable red nods and he says he is in fact capable it is unfortunate that we had to split but there are many tasks that we have to do and we only have so much time he says speaking of i must get going soon but i do want to know before i go is there anything i can do for you and or, or help you with do you do you know like had you have any deeper information than what's happening around here especially with the terrorism stuff we seem to be caught in the middle of it and i feel like we you might know more than we do champion red says yes i i know some things and this is where we check in with the band let's go uh let's check in with the two wonderful people who are at the berry farm who just teleported there from an alleyway you've arrived at the stronghold it is uh, cindy's grandparents berry farm it is the same time of day but immediately the air just feels different you lose the salty ocean breeze and now you're kind of getting the humidity that comes around uh between mauville and fortree and lily cove cool we're here find a shovel you will go look for a shovel okay you can enter the house you can enter the shed in the yard those are your two main options for looking for a shovel um would i have a memory of where a shovel was from my time spent there um yeah probably you would know that all the so tools are in the shed for it okay yeah um, we'll just go so. to the shed then cool yeah you do that you go to grab the shovel. Give me just like a, a quick perception check while you're doing that. It is dark. Quick perception check. Yeah. Um, that is a good old fashioned six. Six. Nice. Okay. Yeah. You find the shovel. No problem. Um, I get a feeling. Um, <laughs> who was it? Frostbite's in my bag again. <laughs> Perhaps. You get the shovel. You're at the berry farm. There's a couple grass type Pokemon that are out and about that are tending to the berry. Some of them look familiar. There is, in fact, Pumpkin the Victory Bell hasn't noticed you yet. Um, and there's some assorted other Pokemon that are moving around. Jury's out on if they belong to Cindy's grandparents or if they are literally just vibing. But among them is a blue Pokemon that looks like it is made of dandelions, blooming seeded dandelions. There is a Pokemon that is kind of running around holding a really, really small watering can that looks just like a sunflower if it had feet. And it seems like they're all tending to the berries and the berries look great. Look like they're doing real good. Good. It's good to see. We'll I'm, I'm going to address them. I'm going to say hello. You say hello and they all notice you. And there's little squeals of meadow Pokemon that are happy to see a person. Um, I say squeals, but Victory Bell kind of lets out like a scream kind of because it's the sound that they make. They're like, Meh! but all the other ones are like, Meh! like they're just more happy and excited. And the dandelion Pokemon kind of floats over to you and the sunflower Pokemon runs up and kind of like hugs your leg. And uh, they are exceptionally friendly. All right. Hey, you guys know a good spot to bury this? And he just kind of like <laughs> nods to the back. Um, they kind of look quizzically like they do not fully understand. Okay. I'm like going I, to I, take Altaria out of the bag. Okay. You do that. Say. say it. What are you going to say? Uh, I'm just going to... How am I going to address this? I don't know how I'm going to address this. <laughs> like, um, a good spot for fertilizer? <laughs> okay, yeah. 
Seems like a more tactical way to put it. Right. It felt a little insensitive, but yes, that is probably the correct thing to say. Great. Yeah, they they see Altaria and they all immediately look sad. Uh, but they also understand that what you're trying to do is probably a noble and good thing. And uh, Jumpluff and Sunflora are just like too sad to like help you. But Pumpkin, the victory bell, kind of hops over and points with its vine uh, a little bit towards the north beyond the fence that separates the berry fields and like the, the homestead deeper into the woods, like a little bit. And they recommend that uh, you bury them over there. Gotcha. Okay. That's where we're headed. Okay. You do that. It appears that the Pokemon around you have stopped doing their tasks and they are doing something different. Uh, they are leaving the berry farm and pumpkin is following you, but the other few Pokemon that are around and there's some like normal type looking Pokemon as well. Um, they are like plucking foliage from bushes and whatnot is their new task. But you are currently at this threshold that is beyond the white picket gate of the berry fields and between that and a forest that leads up towards Fortree, and you are encountered with some loamy grassy soil. Well, time to tell it. Yay. Yay. Quacko Paco funeral services. We're back. No, baby. At it again, dude. Business guys, is booming. You, <laughs> you guys uh just using the shovel, using any Pokemon help? Are you doing anything to get this uh, six foot hole? Just the shovel. Just the shovel. Okay. Uh-huh. Give me strength. That is plus zero ten. Ten? Okay. Yep. Yeah. You're using a shovel, so it's not like you're going to fail, but it's kind of a measurement of how much time it'll take you. Um, you're mm-hmm. able to dig a pretty reasonable hole in like 45 minutes, uh, which is kind of a long time, but it's a deep hole to dig. And uh, all the Pokemon that are on the farm, as you were digging, you're noticing that they are pulling up um, brilliant little leaves and flowers from all over the place, and they are like putting them next to the pile of dirt that you are accruing. Elodie, are you doing anything in this time? Uh yeah, I'll join the Pokemon in in finding flowers and things to leave. Okay. By the hole. Yeah, perfect. You do that. Um, are you looking for any flowers in particular? Just the prettiest, nicest ones. Yeah, definitely the prettiest, nicest ones. Okay, that's fine. I won't make you roll for that. You'll you'll get some good ones. Forty five minutes pass. There is a burial site. Do you do the thing? Yep. Okay. Um, do you keep Altaria in the bag, or do you remove Altaria from the bag? Uh, mm, remove Altaria from the bag. Okay, you do so. Um, despite being a dead Pokemon, it is not like it is decaying or like you know, it's not particularly gross. Um, it is sad and limp, and it seems that it has been like adorned with slash um, like it's it has herbs and flowers that were placed inside the bag, um, and that are like kind of stuck in its its cloudy wings. Schmidt has an Altaria who is one of his best friends. So this is a, kind of a, a sad moment, but it is the right thing to do. And it is also, it, as it turns out, an ancestral duty, uh, more or less. Not like he had to, but he just met some family members and he's doing them a favor. And there's a lot of a lot of emotions, a lot of thoughts being thunk. He, without trouble, is able to perform this burial. Do you have any flavor or things you want to describe or you just do it? Nothing really extra flavor, just very like somber, very like straight faced, mm-hmm. like trying not to show any emotions while he's doing this and taking and uh, while he's burying this bird. Great. Yeah, that mm-hmm. um, that happens. 
And uh, almost an hour later, um, Altaria has been buried, and there is some loamy soil covering it back up. And the Pokemon, and I'm assuming Elodie, place flowers upon the site. And unless there's anything she wants to do, then the burial is complete. Burial complete. Great. Um, the Pokemon that were tending to the farm go back and return to tending to the farm. A little less high-spirited than before, but uh, still in good spirits regardless. Uh, the berries... I, I, I stop one of them before they get back to their business. Any particular one? Um, whichever one's closest. Roll a d6. Roll a d6. Uh, three. You stop a little Pokemon that looks like two roses. One red and one blue. I pull out a leak pod that I was given. Ooh. And I say, hey, where would be a good place for it to plant this? Um, this rose Pokemon holds this seed between its flowery hands, which is uh, funny because it's not particularly dexterous, but it is able to hold it because it handles plants all day. Um, it turns around and it looks and it looks and it sees a little plot where there are not the main product of uh, of this farm, but there's a little section, a little corner where there are some root vegetables and stock vegetables being grown in the ground. You can see the stock of what you can assume is like a carrot. And uh, this little flower Pokemon, based on their role, suggests that this might be the best spot for a plant like this. Okay. I I, I go to plant it there. Okay. You do that. Give me just a, uh, give me a d20. Just a regular d20. That's a good old-fashioned two. Nice. Okay. It's not necessarily a skill check or anything. I just wanted you to roll. What is the next order of business for the band? Say our goodbyes and get back. Sounds good to me. Okay. Yep. Elodie, uh, what is... I'm assuming you're taking the portal back. Yes. Okay. And I'm also assuming that back is Restboro. Yeah. Yes. Uh, specifically that back alley. Okay. <laughs> the same alley. Yeah. Okay. Good, good, good. Um, yeah. Roll a d20. 19. Perfect. Um, you create the portal, and you're welcome to step through if you have nothing else to do here. Sounds good. I'm assuming that once you return, you're just going to want to go back into Devoncore, maybe? Yep. Okay. Um, we will check back in with the Punchy Pals. Uh, Gimli and Cindy, you just asked Champion Red, a very powerful looking trainer who knows about Gimli's whereabouts, um, if he knows anything about what is going on in the world and in the Hoenn region. He does not speak, but his friendly espion does into your minds. Uh, Red says, in short, Giovanni's legacy from Team Rocket is brewing once again, and it is stronger than ever before. Uh, despite his rumored death, the remnants of Team Rocket have partnered with a criminal organization from the Sinnoh region called Team Galactic, and they are conducting unusual and bizarre experiments on Pokemon, and now I personally believe people. Uh, we have heard reports of destruction and problems happening focused in the Hoenn region, but there have been situations all over the world. There was recently a siege at Snowpoint Temple. An, an airship descended from the sky and went into... Uh, you're from Sinnoh, I'm assuming, if if Jimli is your son, and ransacked the temple and took an artifact from inside. Uh, oh, wow. You probably have heard reports that the city 
Viridian City in Kanto, close to my hometown, is gone. It is obliterated from the map. He says there are lots of strange happenings in the Johto region as well. People are acting quite strange, as if there is a virus that is spreading that uh, influences their behavior. Pokemon are acting strange as well. Some have assumed grotesque and disturbing forms and are wreaking havoc at cities and towns. We have a suspicion that there is a conspiracy of sorts within the government. As Red says that, he kind of, he looks around, he stops looking at you, but he is confident that only you two are hearing this in your head from Espeon. And he says, thankfully, Jim Lee has decided to help me, and he's a very capable trainer, very powerful, but we believe that we cannot trust too many people. I trust you because you are Jim Lee's father, and I trust Jim Lee very much. Without any further detail, that is our suspicion, and we are, we've come here to learn more information. Okay. Roll a perception check. Both of you. 18. 18. Yep. Okay. You notice that Red seems to be nervously fiddling with something in his jacket pocket as he was speaking with you. As far as any details, you do not know. I appreciate this information. Um, can I ask what happened upstairs? Because it was pretty loud. <laughs> I got a little concerned. Red chuckles and he says, I am meeting with the president. And we had to... Uh, find something in his office. And I see you, you might have found it, fiddling with something in your pocket there. As you say that, he stops fiddling, and he says, yes, I, I found what, I'm, what I came here to find. Fair I enough, mean, I won't pry. My son trusts you, so do I. I whispered to Gimli, probably a little too loud, do you think he knows anything about, about the Atlas Stone? Um, Very likely, sweetie. <laughs> Roll uh, roll a stealth, I guess, unless you don't want to be stealthy. I feel like Cindy, in her infinite lack of stealth, uh, <laughs> would not do well. Like, would not okay. actively be trying. Just to. roll it. I still want it, because I'm going to have it contest his natural ability. Just do it at disadvantage, then. <laughs> at disadvantage, that's a 17. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is why we roll dice. He clearly notices you whispering, um, but he doesn't necessarily make out what you were saying. And he says, Gimli, I'm assuming you want to know where your son is. I would love to. <laughs> he says, Gimli, your son Gimli is currently on a research mission in Granite Cave in Duford Town, about 100 or so miles south of here across the sea. I don't okay. expect him to be anywhere else for a while we split up on purpose because we have limited time um, I cannot tell you where exactly he is but the research we are conducting is within Granite Cave I hope that helps you on your journey I think it does is there anything we can do to help we already fought some things and a volcano Red seems kind of curious and you hear Red slash Espeon's voice in your head saying, what do you mean? Uh, we were in Marville for the uh, attack in Marville, and we fought some of the people there. And As you describe this, Red kind of steps closer, and Espeon does too, and like he's like encouraging you to talk quietly. Okay. <laughs> um, and there was like some really, really big, powerful Pokemon, and it wanted something that I have. Is this a whole thing? Red 
Red's expression is also always kind of serious, but it becomes very serious. And he gets kind of close to Cindy and he projects through Espeon's mind into your head. What do you have? I'll, I'll open up my bag so he can see inside of it, but I'm not like pulling anything out. So people around are just like seeing me open my backpack. Okay. He sees inside your bag. Uh, it is at this moment that we will say, even though the time scale is kind of weird, but we'll just say you were waiting for Red for a while. Uh, Elodie and Schmidt re-enter. Um, and so the first thing they see is Red peering into Cindy's bag. He looks inside and to a mental voice that only Cindy can hear, Red says, I need you to give me that. I made a promise I wouldn't part with it. And now with the voice that... Uh, all the other Quacko Paco can hear in their heads. He says, I don't think you have much of a choice. And he goes to grab it. I punch him <laughs> in the face. You do. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm running in there. This is an altercation now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Roll. Um, I. Okay. Well, first we'll have Cindy roll to hit um, your improvised attack. What's your strength score? Strength or dex, Not actually. Good. Um, my strength is minus one. What's your dex? My dex is plus one. Plus one's fine. Yeah, just roll a d20 with plus one. Fourteen. Fourteen meets uh, the armor class of champion red. Uh, yeah, you punch him. Roll a roll. Uh, it's a d8 minus one, I think. Six. Oh, okay, that's a pretty good roll. Yeah, you 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 kind of you kind of hit him. <laughs> you kind of hit this guy. Uh, yeah uh and he is upset he is going to yoink the atlas stone uh from cindy's bag and he looks very serious and very stern at this point and um if there's going to be lots of things happening i do think i need initiative initiative time baby you guys actually punched red i can't believe it the first thing that we do after being told not to tell anybody about the stone is show it to somebody. It's red. <laughs> I didn't expect red to be a scumbag about it. Uh, is initiative plus dex? Oh, uh, shit. I forgot that. Yeah, it's plus dex. Six. Nineteen. I'm also coming in with a six. And then the receptionist comes in and is like, you need to leave. <laughs> Um, the first thing that happens is a reaction from the receptionist, and she makes a phone call. That is the first thing that happens. Oh um, and oh, then okay. we will say, as a reaction, uh, Red kind of ch- touches his cheek, and he says, listen, I'm so sorry, but I really need this. The fate of the world depends on this. And he looks prepared to do something in a few moments. Well, then I'm coming, too. <laughs> We're already part of this. You can't just take it from us. As my rock. Okay. He says, perhaps there's a deal in order. And you hear it in your voice as uh, he looks around and sees that the Paco is getting aggressive. He says, I don't intend to be a thief, but I sincerely must have this. We can work together with it, but you don't have to snatch it. You're a champion. You're the fate of the world depends on it. I understand. But also... Snatching uh, an object from a little girl is not very becoming of champion behavior. He he looks around and he says, you are correct. I uh, acted in impulse, and for that, I apologize. He says, before you get aggressive, I think maybe we should have a talk about this. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Uh, he holds it very closely and he says, where did you find this? At this moment, there are security that are uh, rushing down the stairs. Before we talk about this, we should probably go somewhere safer. Red says, you know, that's a fine idea. And the security are coming in and he kind of waves at them. And the secretary also is like, I guess they're fine. <laughs> I guess it's like not a big deal. <laughs> um, and he says, I'm not familiar with Rustboro. Do you have a recommendation for a place that is safe? Would Cindy know anywhere? Can I roll like history? Yeah, sure. sure, sure, sure. familiar know. with an alley. And it does not say that. He, he, he is eyeing down red. Like he is still ready for action. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. He is ready for action. <laughs> my uh history check for safe places in rustboro was a seven a seven okay um the first thing that comes to cindy's mind is the like uh k through eight school um as a safe place <laughs> it's the pokemon trainers school I think, I think mm-hmm. the school is safe but i don't think that's an ideal like quiet place he says any other suggestions do we have a layout of rustboro Sure. I, I mean, I can kind of describe it, but he is about to take initiative, I think. Schmitz looks at him and says, yeah, follow me. And okay. he's just eyeing him the entire time, and he's going to lead him into the alley. Does that mean Schmitz walking backwards? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the cloak? Yeah, sure, why not? Okay, hell yeah. Yeah, he throws the hood up, too. Okay. Yeah, he's leading the Paco plus Red backwards out of Devon Corporation. Into the compromised alley. Into the compromised alley. I don't know if the alley's the best place. Yeah. Can we, is the ring broken? Can we, can we use it to go oh, back? Oh, yeah. I was, in fact, going to look at the ring at some point. I don't know if this is an opportune time. Well, because you guys went to the farm. Do we want to go back to the farm again? Well, I, I don't want to stress it out too much, but if there's no better option... I don't, I don't want Red to know where our farm is either. That's true. You know, if he's about okay. snatching stones. Fair. I mean, we could always, like, find a... a well, the alley, alley might not be compromised anymore. Is the guy still there? Like, No, no, no. We just find another alley. Yeah, it's a big city. There's got to be more alleys. Right. Yeah, there's plenty of alleys. Is that your choice here, is to find an alley? Yes. Okay. Red has a suggestion... He says, I appreciate the initiative. I don't enjoy being close to buildings because that means there are people around. Um, He turns his head to the right and sees the ocean. And he says, how many Pokemon capable of transport do we have? I have grape juice and bubble gum. Wouldn't you like to know what a boy? (laughs) He says, Uh, we have we have quite a few. (laughs) <laughs> he says, if we can just get one person on a flying or swimming Pokemon, I can fit everyone else on my Lapras and on my Blastoise. And we can go out into the water just far enough where the Hoenn patrols will not shoo us back to shore. How does that sound? I think that's probably enough. Sure. Yeah, that sounds yeah. fine. Okay. He says, very well. And I will volunteer to be eyes in the sky on Patricia. Okay, great. He walks surprisingly not very far. Um, there's hardly even a beach. There's like a cliffy drop off. Um, once you exit the streets, there's like a little um, partition, like a, a, a small gate that you can step over. And the ocean is like 20 feet below. He unleashes two Pokeballs, as described, a gargantuan turtle with cannons on its shoulders and a Pokemon that settles right down into the water immediately. And it's just a little nice floating dinosaur looking Pokemon with a beautiful smile. Both of these Pokemon look absurdly powerful. They're like ridiculous. 
it is uh, silly how menacing these water types are. And he says, here, Espeon will help you down. And he just fucking jumps. He, he he jumps off the cliff and like falls around to Lapras and he's fucking fine. Uh, he is just been doing this all the time. Maybe 20 feet's an exaggeration. It's like 15 feet. Um, Cindy does the same thing to assert dominance. Oh, just fucking goes for it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, roll. Before. Ac- yeah. <laughs> I was going to say roll acrobatics, roll but I want to know what um, Schmidt is. I was going to say before Gimli jumps. Schmidt was going to say something to Gimli. Okay. But we can get this acrobatics roll first. Sure. Yeah, give me the acrobatics check. 17. 17. Okay, sure. Yeah, Cindy eyes the jump and she's like, I can do it. And she goes for it. And uh, she's able to land. Are you choosing Blastoise or Lapras? Wherever red is. So I'm assuming Lapras. <laughs> okay, yeah. You plop down. I'm as close to that stone as possible. Yeah. You uh, you sit like right next to red on Lapras's back. And uh, there's room for one more person atop Lapras. Uh, I grab Gimli before he gets on and I say, hey. Don't trust this guy. If you see any signs of anything going south, just signal me and I'll swoop in. Yeah, you got it. Okay. I'm sure we'll be all right. He he could take the stone from us if he wanted to, to be honest. So mm-hmm. he's champion red, and he knows my boy. He he could take the stone if he wanted to. I'd rather hear him out, and this is one of the better ways to do it. But I appreciate it. I'm kind of suspicious. I'm not. I'm, I'm not sold on this guy. That's fine. Like it's it's good to have the signal. I think we'll be all right, though. Okay, and then so with that, I will send out Patricia and take to the sky. Great. How close to sea level do you want to be? Um, twenty twenty five feet. Okay, sure. So you're a good Just amount above. To swoop in, yeah, 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 yeah. You do that. Um, it seems like Red's Espion is poised to assist people psychically as they descend, um, if they wish. Clearly, Cindy yep. didn't need it, but everyone else jumped down. Yep. Okay. Does anyone want to try and do it alone, or do they all want assistance? I'll take assistance. I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm so bold. I'm yeah. an old man. Yeah. Elodie. I'm I'm good with assistance, please. Okay. Which one of you is um joining? Wait, no, no, this is perfect. You're both going on blast toys at this point. Yeah. Um, so. It's very chill being on a big turtle. Uh, his shell gets warm, kind of in the sun, and Lapras's shell does as well. The conversation starts with um, Red uh, sitting, but bowing to Cindy and outstretching his arms and returning the Atlas Stone. Uh, Does Cindy take it? Yes, and I put it back in my bag. Okay. I don't think we realized he took it. Yeah, no, we did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he had it the whole time, bud. Okay. Sorry if that was not described clearly. My bad. Either way, he read via Espeon says, I apologize. Uh, Jim Lee and I have been through some struggles that require split second thinking. And that was rude of me. And he seems very like uh, apologetic. Uh, we pre- I, we've been through some crazy things too. So reactions be what they are. I'm like sorry. Your friend of my son, I, I'll forgive you for it. But <laughs> Champion Red says, I implore that the group of you understand that uh, you should not be showing this to anybody. And it's honestly best that I do not have it because this insidious organization known as Neo Rocket Galactic, to be frank, I do not fully, I'm not fully aware of what they are capable of. And I believe right. that if myself or Jim Lee, if I told him, found ourselves in situations, uh, in an interrogation situation, we may not be able to hold back this information that we have learned. So please be very careful with this. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they know we have it. They just haven't been very successful at getting it from us. So he says, very well. Now, where do we begin? I suppose we will start with the, your questions. Well, we know that you guys split up. So I assume you're, you're looking for things that have to do with this, I suppose. Red says, absolutely. We do not fully understand the gravity of Team Neo-Rocket Galactic's intent, but we do know that they are becoming involved in matters that are far beyond what ordinary sh people should be getting themselves involved with. They are uh, identifying and retrieving rare historic artifacts that are capable of immense world-changing power, and they are using they are conducting terrible experiments on pokemon and likely people to achieve these goals yeah we've seen all that for sure red says jim lee and i are using all the powers invested to us to hopefully try and stop them before they locate these artifacts the problem is is that we don't have much to go on ourselves. We are simply making educated guesses and trying to beat them there. Red kind of turns his head to the side and he says, the one altercation that we did have, our one combat with Team NRG, we did not prevail. And he looks very like upset and he clenches his fist and he's, uh, it seems like this guy doesn't lose and he ended up losing at one point. They are immensely powerful. And sometimes you can't just do it alone, so. What what happened? Roll an insight. Fabulous. Six. Six. Red looks at Elodie across the water, floating on the blast toys. And he says, it, it was in Viridian City just a few weeks ago. And while I knew that Jim Lee and I were powerful, we could not outdo the power that that these these people achieved by manipulating things that they should not be manipulating. We went toe to toe with a Pokemon that I believe could be none other than a mutilated Mewtwo, and we were defeated. As we were making our escape, was when Viridian City was destroyed. That might have been the thing we encountered in Marvel as well. He looks curious, and he says, you also faced such a creature? I believe we did, if what you're describing is, you said a mutilated Mewtwo. I've never seen a Mewtwo, but an immensely powerful psychic Pokemon was in Marvel and causing, wreaking havoc and destruction. And it was... It was, it was armored, though. It wasn't mutilated. It was armored, yes. I, I wouldn't typically describe it as mutilated, but... Armored Pokemon. I mean, I guess it could have been mutilated under the armor. Yeah, armored, armored Pokemon aren't very natural, so <laughs> I can only assume. Red nods, and he says, mm, it's very likely that that was the same creature that you faced. Uh, he says, we determined that based on Giovanni's legacy and immense billionaire status combined with Galactic's absurd ambition that there would be resources to their scheme uh, within Viridian City, and we believe we did find their headquarters, but they erased all of the traces of their information as we were defeated. We were not able to gather any intel regarding this. Fortunate. We saw some logs of some trials on Pokemon in the volcano, obviously before it erupted and destroyed the footage, but at least we witnessed some of what was 
happening there as far as testing. Uh, read through Espion says, I will admit I'm curious, but I believe that I can infer the atrocities that you saw, so I do not wish to press. But I do have a question. Where did you find that artifact, and who gave it to you? Zoe gave it to me. She was a, I'm assuming, a really old Zoroark. And she gave it to me and told me to keep it safe. Red kind of uh, expresses some emotion, and he looks kind of quizzically, and he says, you were given this to by a Pokemon? Yes, and then she died while handing it to me. He looks kind of taken aback. It sounds like kind of a story. He says, well, that question provided more questions than answers. That doesn't particularly help, but uh, I'm assuming that this Pokemon somehow imparted the responsibility of of this to, to you. That's my best guess. So it would seem, yeah. <laughs> he says, take a moment to touch the Atlas Stone to Lapras's shell. I'll let you do it with your own hands. Do you do it? Yeah, sure. He, you do that, and Red says, hmm, yes, as I expected. Um, the Atlas Stone glows, some brilliant, pretty blue colors, and two little dots on it kind of shimmer and light up. And he says, what you are in possession of is somewhat of a, of a wayfinder to finding these exact artifacts that uh, Team NRG wishes to possess to conduct some terrible plans that Jim Lee and I have not been able to yet determine, but we know that they must be stopped. Um, yeah, we noticed it was a map, but we weren't quite sure what these beacons were referring to. Red says, yes, it, it is indeed a map, and it does indeed show locations. However, the, the map that this portrays, and he kind of points at it, but he's hesitant to touch it, he says, it's difficult to discern uh, where exactly they are because this is a map of the world, as it were, tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of years ago. Oh, that makes sense. Do we, well, I guess like table side, it's like, do we want to show him the the notes that Sam had of the locations? Because they were all markers. Mm-hmm. I think I'd like to wait for his explanation first. That's fair. I was about to say, fuck it, gets out of the bag already for me. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. Like we're already we're already deep into this and sharing information, and clearly he's fighting the same people we are. The mm-hmm. enemy, enemy is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, yeah, I I I venture to think he is an ally. <laughs> he is trainer Red, but Red says, despite the accuracy of the map, I've only heard of this artifact in legends. I did not know it actually existed until I saw it within your bag. I know the idea of it, the concept of it, but to be honest with you, beyond determining or trying to determine locations by making contact with Pokemon, I do not know the function or how to determine where to go based on it. Well, if this is a map and we know that someone was translating these, we have notes. (laughs) Do you guys want to, yeah, we bust out. Who has Sam's notebook right now? Like LED. I probably have it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you share it? Sure, yeah. Okay. We had a lot of things going on, but uh, a person we were traveling with after, uh, that we've lost contact with since after a kerfuffle with, I guess we'll be both going about this too, Deoxys. <laughs> and we have their notebook, and they were charting the region with these dots. Now, you're telling me it's a map, and now we have a map of Hoenn, and there's these dots. I think there's a correlation there. 
yeah so you and Elodie are on blastoise uh does Elodie throw it over or just kind of present it or what is the plan here we're not like next to it you're pretty close but like you're not lapras and blastoise aren't side by side what i'm suggesting is that espion picks it up telepathically or telekinetically okay, okay. Yeah, i was um, like i'm not chucking this yeah. book okay. i'm <laughs> no, just making I sure just, i don't trust myself to throw it okay yeah i'm making sure that Elodie um yeah presents it in a way and doesn't resist uh espion removing it no yeah she can take it okay red looks it over and he says who made this map one of our companions um, symmetra of the Silfco. we have a business card you do do you present that we do i don't think it's necessary well what's her last name on our business no. card i guess i could check that yes okay red is looking it over um espion is awaiting to receive the business card do you present it sure um for clarity do you have it written down i know it's somewhere but do you know what the business card says goodness business business ah here we go symmetra red tree silco technology person great it doesn't say person but oh that's your note on <laughs> that's it, what i have written oh, okay got it got it got it yeah yeah that's fine um espion receives that as well and red is like scanning between the two documents and he says this is very curious he thinks about it and he says clearly there's some intention with Hoenn, but he's like flipping through the pages that exist. And he says, but clearly there's a lot of information and research here about Sinnoh myths and legends, which is very curious. And he flips around and he flips around and he stops on the page of um, the drawing of Elodie's bracelet. And he looks at Elodie and he says, what do you have there? This? Uh, yeah, that's um, that's our Hoopa bracelet. We may or may not have fought Hoopa, and he left this behind. And I'm just keeping it uh, safe. It it creates portals, um, but I, we don't know exactly how it works. So a little afraid to use it for fear of damaging it. We've only used it like once, so yeah. It is at this moment that Red scans the group. He has received information that the Quacko Paco has dealt with. Not only Mewtwo, not only Deoxys, literally the <laughs> yesterday, but also yeah. Hoopa. And they have seemed to have survived to tell the tale. And they are in possession of a rare, mysterious, powerful artifact that will change the world. He kind of just closes Sam's journal for a bit and he takes a really deep breath and he just pauses for a moment. And he says, just out... And then he holds his tongue. He says, I was about to ask you a question, but I, I think I will refrain. He Instead, he says, it seems that you are very capable trainers, and I am grateful that it seems that you are looking to preserve the good parts of this world. And he kind of nods, and he uh, it, it's, it's, he's trying to speak as if he's relaxed, but he is currently very stressed out about this new information. He is uh, doing his best. He says, well, it's a very pretty bracelet. And then he looks back in the in the book and he's looking around and he says, whoever this person is, Red Tree, I believe that is. And he's going to make a roll. Ooh, he rolled great. He says, I believe that is a Sinnoh surname. Wh whoever this Red Tree person is are clearly invested in mythology. And they were very interested in the atlas stone that you seem to possess it seems that they've made an impression of it they sketched it and there's a torn page and he identifies the torn page 
he says, this person may have had more information than the four of you or I or Jim Lee do. Yeah, we are currently trying to locate her, but unfortunately she was badly injured and taken away during our encounter with the Oxus. Red kind of just, uh, it seems that he's moving through stages of grief and he's moving closer and closer towards acceptance <laughs> as far as like the information that he's learning. Uh, and he doesn't question it. He says, understood, yes. Um, you did ask him to survey the Hoenn map, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, he reviews it. He's going to make a roll. He rolled okay. He says, I am not particularly familiar with Hoenn. Uh, the markings here don't particularly mean much to me. Uh, they are especially the color coding, but I will identify some key markers. Uh, and he points around and he says, some of the cities that seem to have red dots seem to be points of interest as far as historic or they possess great thinkers or gym leaders or scientific industries but I cannot gather much more from that beyond that. He identifies also uh, the yellow golden dot on the far uh, east. He says, this is its own color. And this is Evergrande City. It's a city at the far east of the Hoenn region. And this is where the Pokemon League lies. And this is where the champion lives. And he says, as far as to why it's marked and why it's a unique color, I do not fully understand. The other thing that had me concerned is, I think it, well, we've been very forthcoming with information. What did you get from the president's office that you were fiddling around with, if you don't mind me asking, since we've showed a lot? So he red nods and he's, and through Espeon's voice, he says, well, it's the least I can do. He pulls out a little stone tile. It is like hexagonal and there is a shape imprinted in it and it appears to be one of the symbols that is actually on the wheel that is below the Hoenn map. He says, this, for lack of a better term, I believe is quite literally a puzzle piece that will help us unlock the location of one of these rare artifacts that we believe that we can hope that we can beat Team Neo-Rocket Galactic to obtaining because this puzzle serves as the key. Interesting. Okay. Atlas stone react to the piece that he's holding? It does not. Okay. Well, within the Atlas stone, we do we did discover, I think, the artifacts they were looking for. We, two. There, <laughs> there were two plates that we that they were running experiments with that we obtained and that are installed into the Atlas stone. Red says, please, one more time, you have two of them. Two. Yeah. Yes. Red says, I don't believe you. You Will you show <laughs> me? Perhaps from afar. I promise I won't do anything. Well, you see, they don't really like, it's not like a VCR where you go push and it comes out. Like there's no eject button. So they only react when they're contacted with, it seems a, like certain Pokemon. Pokemon of that type that like agrees to it. Red says... I understand, and I believe you, because Jim Lee and I are in possession of one. And he reaches behind his bag, and very cautiously, he looks over the cliff, making sure that no one can see. And he pulls out a brilliant yellow 
plate out of his bag. And he says, this is part of the reason that we came to Hoenn and I spoke with Watson. And he kind of slips it. That's why he he saw you. Mm -hmm. he, He slips it back into his bag. And he says, I am impressed that you have already identified the location of two. I, out of curiosity, you happen to know their their element. Uh, grass and fire. Champion Red nods, and he says, well, I'm glad that three of them have been accounted for. That's why I was worried about the dots on the map. I was thinking that maybe Sam already figured out locations of these based on the Atlas Stone. So that's why I was wondering if you might have an idea of them. Um, These could be locations to explore, maybe. The light blue ones, I think, uh, the are where we found the fire and grass ones. Yeah, they seem to correspond really well. So he looks at the map again and he says, "Perhaps that is it. Uh, I'm sure that this person's quest is also related to ours, but I do not know what these symbols indicate." And he eyes uh, the bottom left corner of the map, and he says, "Curious that there's two dots here." And this is currently where Jim Lee is investigating. So, yeah, that's when you when you said that, and you told me that I was interested because it seems like my boy's close to potentially two of them. He says, "Yes, perhaps that is the case. We we do not know." Hmm. The floor is open for questioning. It truly is. Red well, did, Red did state uh, before you revealed the Atlas Stone that he has places to be, but it clearly he has some interest in uh, speaking with you. Passing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you have places to be. We kind of need to know where to go next because it appears that this is our quest now too. And if you're distributing resources, then we can also go in a different direction and try to fan out as a part of this kind of collaboration. I mean, we're a part of it. Clearly we have two of the plates. So he thinks for a moment and he nods and he says, I believe you are correct. Although we have perhaps too much information between us, the best we can do in this situation is to split up. He says, I will continue to possess this electric plate. I will keep it on my person. In fact, my partner Pokemon has already bonded with it, so I believe it is within my best interest to keep it that is way. Is it super strong too? Um, he Red turns and he looks at Cindy, and through Espeon's voice, he uh, he also cracks a bit of a smile, and he says, "My partner's already super strong, but <laughs> but yes, there there are profound effects on his power." Yeah, I think it's best too that we not let every bit of our resources just be in one spot so he nods and he says you seem to be established travelers here mm-hmm. i i should do something and he flings the little hexagonal thing that he picked up from the devon corporation to gimli catch it roll a roll a, roll a strength we're or dex we'll say strength we'll give you strength roll a strength yeah it's like an 18 yeah so. great you catch it um, holding it in your hands, you see that it corresponds with one of the symbols on the wheel that's below the map in the notebook. Um, it looks like the one that is in the bottom left, halfway between the far left and the bottom, if that helps you at all. If you know what that is, you may speak it out loud. Did you say the bottom left? Yes, it's between the far left and between the bottom. It is right in the middle. Is that, steel? Is that the steel one? 
It looks like it may be out of these types. Uh, it might be the steel one. Yeah. yeah, it looks like the steel one. He says, do me a favor. I don't necessarily want to tell you what to do because you are capable travelers, but Jim Lee is in the possession of a few more of what I just handed you, and we believe that this is the secret to accessing one of the artifacts that we think is located at the Route 111 Desert. Now, I am following leads that will take me to the eastern side of the continent. When you are done with your business in Rustboro, may I suggest, I'm, I'm assuming you would like to anyways, rendezvous with Jim Lee, gather the resources, and travel with him back to the desert. How does this sound? A good idea. Sounds good to me. Yeah. The ancient place, would that be like an obelisk or something? Red thinks about it and he says, I'm not sure if I would describe it as an obelisk. Jim Lee has a sketch, so perhaps that will help. He says, certainly there might be landmarks of an old civilization that surround it, but we don't believe that where it is kept is exactly an obelisk. Some of us may have encountered something that made us uneasy. He, I didn't even see anything. That. That's why I said some. Red, <laughs> red nods and he says, I'm certain that there are uh, forms of protection surrounding the sacred place. And he, he yeah. nods. He says, oh, makes sense. He says, I would love to sit with you, but time is of the essence. I will be going. When you rendezvous with Jim Lee, here's our plan. Him and I, we're going to meet back up at the Route 111 Desert to see if we can find this artifact. I trust that the five of you will be able to do so on your own. When you are done, in two weeks from this day, meet me in Moss Deep City. Are you able to do that? Absolutely. Uh, Champion Red says, is there anything else I can help you with? And once again, I'm so sorry for acting out of line. No, it's all right. Sorry yeah. for punching you in the face. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Schmidt's not a part of this conversation. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Red says, well, I uh, I must get going, and I'm afraid I must take my Pokemon with me. So, uh, and so Espeon's gem begins to glow, and all of you begin to levitate simultaneously. Is there, is, is anyone resisting this? Is he putting us back to shore? It seems like it. It seems like that's the plan. Okay. No, I'm just helping us take water. <laughs> but I was just making sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he puts you back at the top of the cliff face, and you hear the sound of, like, um, three Pokeballs going, shoom, shoom, shoom. And then all of a sudden, he is on the back of a fearsome orange dragon-looking Pokemon um, with a flame on the tip of its tail. And uh, it lets out a little gout of flame in like a rejoice of being released from the Pokeball. And it is hotter than perhaps anything that any of you have experienced, including Cindy and uh, Soli vibes. It is quite hot. It's just for a moment. It's called a volcano, Rich. A volcano? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not, it's not as hot as a volcano. It is incredibly, <laughs> you can tell that the flame is potent. That's what I'm trying to describe. Like we're forgetting our own shenanigans. It's, a, it's about that hot, guys. I'm not kidding. Anyways, Champion Red says, it was good to meet you all, Gimli, Cindy, and he looks and he's like, I didn't get your two names. You don't need our names. That's out of the inchment. Trying to do a thing. You look cool for a second. <laughs> nah, that's... <laughs> Red looks and he says, Elodie, Schmidt, very well. It was a pleasure meeting you. I'm sure you cannot wait to meet with 
your son, and he looks at Gimli, and he says, I believe I will know where to find you if anything changes, but otherwise, I will see you in Moss Deep in two weeks. Absolutely. He gives a nod, and Espeon finally returns to its Pokeball, and he blasts away to the east. And the four of you are standing on the shore of the western coast of the Hone region in Respira City. And uh, you just had a good chat with a, a very powerful trainer. That was cool. I punched Red in the face. Mission accomplished. That's what we wanted. That's what the fans want. You literally named yourself Punchy <laughs> Pals. So. <laughs> Punchy Pals. Someone's got to get punched. Yeah. One punch per episode. <laughs> one uh, punch, pal. We have, a, we have a one punch quota. So, well, we go back to Rustboro and decide what to do next, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Shim. Um, we could. Yeah. I mean, there's also like. Is the gym important? I know it's like important, but is it important now? Those slots, bro. Those slots. No, I mean, like from a stat standpoint, yeah. I'm just like, I think uh, we do need those slots. It's either yeah, it's either gym or it's gym. If you know what I'm saying, I do. <laughs> I think we do it at the gym. Yeah, yeah. Great. We better power up before we go and start hitting this artifact because we have two weeks, and then crazy stuff's gonna happen. Not that crazy stuff isn't going to happen in the meantime, but this is like a very climactic crazy stuff's going to happen. We should try to psychic communicate with Kaz again. True. You want to try that? Yeah, maybe we can do that now. Yeah, real quick. Try it. Try it. Epic gaming moments. I don't like the tone of voice with that try it. I'm just encouraging. You're like a cyborg now. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. If only we had another psychic type that could... Try to communicate with Kaz. Well, it's gone now, so that's unfortunate. Well, I was I was insinuating that uh the, the crustal. Oh, true. Is psychic-y. I don't know if he has like telepathy though. Well, like you kind of told him like, "Hey, paint over this stuff on our house," and he like remodeled the outside of her home. That's telekinesis. That's not telepathy. But he understood and went above and beyond. Our Pokemon all understand us by just talking. Um, yeah, I think I'll just uh, tell Keylime. Did we ever establish how long Elodie's party time like lasts? Like how long they have this inspiration for? Does it say? It should. Uh, it probably did on Cabbage's sheet, but I erased that, so I can look back. It's ten minutes. It. Ten minutes. Cool. And then it's probably been longer than 10 minutes. Keylime no longer has that. Yep. Oh, so I'm going to give it to her again. Great. Um, and then I will tell her to try and put out her psychic feelers and connect with Kaz. Okay. Roll intelligence for Keylime, the f- Iron Grace Curlia. 30 20. 30 20. Not bad. Curlia thinks and feels and it tries to establish a connection just a second connection with uh anyone anything specifically looking for cause but looking for you know specifically the whereabouts of sam and if they are doing okay with a dirty 20 key lime's little uh digitized eyes open back up and she looks at Elodie and then she kind of just like looks down and just sits 
and looks kind of pouty. And she looks back up at Elodie and she points in a direction, but uh, without any particular emotion, she points vaguely southwest. And uh, she like is trying to establish a telepathic connection with Elodie. And it, the link is there. And uh, Elodie gets a feeling of like frustration, like as if Keylime isn't good enough or strong enough and can't quite pinpoint anything. But Keylime did identify a hunch of sorts. Okay. I'm going to pat her little head and say, you did a good job. You pat her head, and as you scrape by her horns, it's kind of like a kind of laser sound. Um, and she, her expression on her face does not change, but in your mind's eye, you can see that she uh, is grateful for you. Anything else for the Paco? What is... Was it Southwest? Yes. Yeah. Vaguely what is Southwest. southwest us? Lots of things. Well, okay, but like on on a <laughs> on a map, what? Let me take a look at our map. Definitely not just googling a map and calling it. Slateport. Yeah, that would be the most direct southwest. I mean, like technically speaking, Petalburg, Old Ale, yeah, Little Root. They're all southwest as well. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, Southwest is 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 kind of, is a broad uh, sort of descriptor. Uh, I feel like we're going to sweep that way, though. Right. Yeah, I mean, we're headed yeah, straight we could south, and then go we're going to make the loop right, and then right. west. So. <laughs> I guess we will be passing through there, so we can check. Yeah, we should investigate. We put it in notes. We approach there. We can always try and connect again once we head in that direction, too. I mean, once we start going that way, this connection will hopefully get stronger. Uh, so canonically, has the group caught Schmidt up on everything that was said? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then Schmidt says, "Like, oh, great! So we got us a boat to go south." Roll, roll a perception. Oh no! Is that old man dead by this point? Oh boy! Oh uh, boy! That's a two on perception. No. Okay. Ah, that's too bad. Anyone else want to jump in? Yes, I want to roll. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> Please. Um. I got a 15. That's good enough. Um, I got a 19. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, With your powers combined, the place where Red lifted you back up to shore, the next, like, object of interest that is close by, kind of close to the Devon Corporation, is, like, a little bus station, a little bus stop. And there is a full panel poster advertisement that says, Briny's Shipyard. And there is a woman in the beak of a pelican Pokemon giving a big thumbs up. She looks very sporty. Um, there's a subtext below it that says, you should buy a boat with an exclamation point. And there's a picture of a boat. You could buy a boat. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's just I buy a boat. Just buying a boat. We have, I mean, we have money. Like, we could. Do we have boat, boat money, though? Um, do we have oh, we do have these gems, though, that we could get That's to get true. money. Let's barter. It says on the advertisement, Route 104, through the forest to the south. Why not? Let's do this gym and then go... Buy a go boat. A, boat. <laughs> a right. boat's a lot bigger than a wagon. I'm on a boat, yeah. I'm on a boat. We're going to lose this freaking boat. Like, No, no, this will not be Wagon 2.0. We'll keep the boat. <laughs> Please, we are calling this boat Wagon 2.0. <laughs> yeah. Hello, and thank you so much for listening to the latest episode of Dunsparce and Drampa. 
It's hard to believe that our campaign has been running for a year and a half now, and it wouldn't have been possible without all of your support. As always, we have all of our links on Linktree at linktr.ee slash Dunsparce. We have a brand new merch store with brand new items opening up every day. We have our Patreon where you can give us extra support and you get access to exclusive recordings and content. There's Twitter and Discord where you can interact with us. The group of us are incredibly grateful for your support and we hope that you're looking forward to a series of Rustboro City Gym Challenges starting next Tuesday. All right, gang, here's here's how we're going to split up. Gooby and Shaggy, you go this way. No. Um, <laughs> how long has Jim Lee been missing? No, the previous one that Jim Lee asked. I just said use. <laughs> but what was the sorry? What was the question that, that led to that? Because I need to oh. reevaluate that because I answered it wrong. How long oh. has Jim Lee been missing? That was the question. No, how, long, well, how long is? Well, I said. Um... Oh, so years. Yeah, I was asking how long. Sorry. How, it was how, how long were you Jim traveling together with yeah. Red? Oh, so I answered it correctly. Together. Yeah, you did. Fuck. All okay. Whatever. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Kira. That's why I was confused. I'm like, out. why are we doubling back? I thought you didn't. Kira, don't edit no. out anything. That was answered correctly. Great. Thank you. No, you, this yeah. time you have to edit it out. I'm sorry. Anyways, um, Cindy, you may ask your question to Gimli. That's fine. How long Kira, has Gimli been don't, missing? Don't edit out anything. God damn it! We have to redo it because she doesn't get separate <laughs> stems. She, she uses the the combined. Okay. How long has Jimmy been missing? Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna mute everyone except for Melissa. I'm muting.